Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Anderson, and I am blessed to once again be joined by Mr. Robert Borthwick. Hi, Robert. Blessed. Wow, what, what an intro. Thank you very much, Tony. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. It is. It is. We were talking off air. I thought we should make, maybe we should have done this before, beforehand, because I think of anecdotes. I mean, have you, been, have you been back out in the pubs yet, Robert? Have you experienced the outside world once again? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So uh, we were um, very charitably given Monday off. The entire the entire team at work were given Monday off to uh, go and explore uh, <laughs> the, the, the pubs. I was back. Uh, I was I was I was back on the back on the laggers on Monday. Uh, went to uh, Barrowlands Art and Design and then the Number Ten Hotel uh, in Glasgow. So it was very pleasant. Uh, apart from all the rain, it was very pleasant. Drank loads of tenants, and it was uh, it was tremendous, mate. How, how about you, Tony? How about oh, you? Yeah, not I didn't. My job didn't sort of give us all the day off, but I took the day off. Uh, I just we've got flexi time, so I put in for a half day, uh, and I joined five friends at about half past twelve up at Belfield Brewery, which is just up Abbey Hill for those who know Edinburgh. Um, and then we sort of spaced it out. We were very organised. Uh, we were so keen. We had sort of half two to half two there, half an hour window to get to Jeremiah's tap room, which is at the top of Leith Walk. Um, so there from three till five, and then all the way down at Lost in Leith, which is at Commercial Quay, um, from six, to, well, half five. And they were they basically were nice enough just to let us stay the rest of the night because most people didn't bother going there because it was raining, but we just sat like six sopping wet middle-aged men. Uh, 
<laughs> drink, drink, drinking pints. Uh, leaf juice, as it's called, um, from there, which is uh, a nice pint. And I had a lovely day, if I'm being honest, just talking rubbish. Even managed to steal Craig Anderson, done a quiz for you guys on the on the chat when I was going out. So I was just able to rob that quiz and be a yeah. quiz master at the table. So uh, that was always good fun. I do that a lot when Craig and I done those quizzes. I just take it instantly, send the answers to Mandy, who's my fiance, send her the answers. So I've got a list of the answers, get a message of who's Scott Gemmel from Mandy. Don't worry about that. And then I just use that to then do the do the quiz with everyone else. So yeah, I had a wonderful day. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. It'll be interesting to see how long the uh, military precision planning of pints actually lasts for, uh, and how many people just book one place and then try and blag their way into others thereafter. Uh, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see uh, how that how that continues. But uh, no, that sounds like a that sounds like a brilliant day, Tony. Raw. Well, let's talk about people who've been having brilliant days. All month, Robert, because today we're going to be doing the top five players of the month from April. And there's only two games, a team in the league. So we don't we normally try not to involve other competitions and make it pure the league. But we thought that'd be silly right now, especially with how many cup rounds were in this month. So we've incorporated everything. So everything that's happened this month uh, in the top with the top flight teams in Scottish football will be included. Uh, and Robert. Who have you got at number five? Uh, I'm actually going to start with a player who plays for a team that got knocked out of the cup. So what a start. Um, I have gone for Motherwell's striker, Devante Cole, uh, as my number five. I think that, um, you know, since... I mean, this this whole season, really, Devante Cole has been impressive. Uh, he's, not, he's not been, you know, scoring every single week. Uh, but as... You know, I, I sort of reimagined number nine in that Motherwell team. He's made such a huge impact. I think that, you know, the, the slight tweak to formation that Alexander made, whereby uh, Devante Cole played as that focal point number nine, Tony Watt dropped to number 10. Um, there's just been a massive difference in, in how they play and, and how they go forward as a team as well. Uh, obviously, Motherwell in the month of April, unbeaten, uh, apart from in, in the Scottish Cup. Uh, which again, you know, technically I'm beating over 90 minutes. Are we going to count that? I don't think so. Uh, but Devante Cole is just one of these guys that's that stood out above the rest. I think there's a, a couple of Motherwell players in contention for this. Um, but Devante Cole, you know, his, his hold-up play is running. Um, he did get a couple of goals this month as well against Fort Martin and the winner against St Mirren uh, back in the 10th as well. So he has contributed a couple of goals. But generally, just as all around play, and, and as I say, that that he's, he's kind of benefiting from that tactical switch that Alexander's made uh, to the, the forward line at Motherwell, whereby he can be the guy that's on the shoulder, that's hassling defenders, that's holding the ball up and, and bringing guys like like Tony Watt into the game. Obviously, Tony Watt, again, he's, he's been injured a bit this month, but um, he's been a, a proper game changer for Motherwell when he's been fully fit. So Devante Cole is, is my number five, Tony. Yeah, great. I, I, think, you're, I think you're really spot on about... He sort of took the bird. Obviously, Tony Watt, we've always known as a is as a really great player all round. Uh, I think people who watch a lot of Tony Watt are always quite surprised. I always get that feeling whenever he moves to a club because obviously he's had quite a nomadic career. But I remember, like you guys, when he when he played at Hearts, you looked at, as a stats. If you're looking at stats, you're never you, Tony Watt's never blown you away. But whenever people watch him, so on a weekly basis, they really appreciate him and. I think with Devante Cole, it sort of takes away the, the burden of goals uh, for Tony Watt and lets him concentrate on everything that he does well. So I think you're, you're totally right that 
um, that tactical switch has sort of benefited all the forward players, uh, including Roberts uh, at Motherwell. And anyone who's listened to me talk before on, on the podcast or doing these top fives, uh, Cole, I think, is actually the sort of most rounded striker outside of the old firm in the league. Uh, as you say, his ability to drop deep and link up, coupled with his strength, he, he, he's pretty big. But then you add the speed. So you've got a guy who can come short, who can also go over the top. And I think um, you see how difficult uh, teams have that when um, Motherwell do that. I mean, I'll use Hibs as an example. It wasn't this month, but a few months back when when Motherwell beat Hibs at Easter Road 2-0, he, he, he was so good dropping off. And Hanlon was chasing him. And, and then he would, and as he would get there, he'd, he'd pop it off and then he'd run in behind. And so just so difficult because most strikers in this league, they have attributes, but they don't have the sort of whole package. And I really do think that Cole might have that. And if he's out of contract in the summer, personally, I would love to see him uh, at Hibs. But I'd imagine there'll be maybe people with deeper pockets who might be interested in him. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so. He's 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 got the uh, he's got the legacy of his old man as well, which always helps. But I think uh, you know those attributes you're talking about with the the speed, uh, the strength as well. You know that you can see why he was sort of played in a, a more wide a wider position in that Motherwell team. But definitely that number nine role just suits him down to the ground, and like you say, it suits everyone else. You know, the signing of Jordan Roberts actually helped facilitate that. Um, a wee bit and, and moving Cole inside so obviously Roberts is out for the season now but regardless uh, that, that change has really helped so no I, I think uh, you know he's, he's not going to be my top pick for play of the month but I think he's uh, he deserves he deserves recognition for his performances recently Absolutely and even, even in that Hibs game when Motherwell had nothing he sort of made that I know the goalkeeper saved it Macy saved it at the near post but when he just totally done Hanlon and Hanlon just had to um, sort of step back he couldn't touch him because it was in the box he done that sort of scoop touch with yeah. pace to drive past him. And I was like, there's not many strikers who could just turn it on a sixpence like that um, and just be an on goal. That was totally of his own volition, his own just pure ability and pay, like all the sort of attributes we were talking about are combined, creating a chance like that. There isn't many strikers outside the old firm who, who've got that whole package to sort of create a chance of that ilk where you just become, oh, I, I cannot touch him in the box. I'll be getting red carded. Um, I went with I went with Kelly actually. I went for Motherwell with uh, number five. I went Kelly as the goalkeeper, and there, there, there could be an argument here that it's because it doesn't have to because of what he stopped happening. So he doesn't have to be absolutely incredible, um, but he's made it that uh, Chapman doesn't have to play the Chapman. Yeah. Um, so yeah. uh, and that's and that's a real real bonus. As I say, Motherwell. They didn't have a great. Um, they talked about unbeaten this month without being sort of really impressive. I know Graham certainly wasn't impressed <laughs> over over the weeks, despite them getting some decent results. And obviously, one of the games in, in the cup games, for example, I mean, one of them was a sort of penalty kick win against Montrose. So they obviously weren't on fire, and then Hamilton they were sort of hanging on, and they managed to to win that derby. But Kelly just seems to be capable of. So all the things that you would want, he's got a bit of decent distribution. He saves if he should make, and so he does make some saves he shouldn't make, and he does have a couple of mistakes, and he's had some moments, but he's he's relatively young, so I guess that'll that'll happen uh, with Kelly. But I just I don't know, Robert. I was going to ask you, is it is it me or is it, a goalkeeper's got worse? Because I always remember that Hibs 
obviously we had crap goalies who made sort of stinking errors. But I've found in the last couple of seasons, been the couple of seasons of like goalies who don't do even the, the, the most basic sort of attribute of a goalkeeper that, you know, I used to ignore like people would say, oh, he's a good shot stopper. Everyone would laugh because you would assume that all goalkeepers would be good shot stoppers. But in the last couple of years here, that hasn't necessarily been the case. I think it's it's maybe not the case that goalkeepers are getting worse. It's just that less good goalkeepers are coming to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I think because uh, you look at like you, you know in, in the last few years, there's there's teams. You always look at teams outside the uh, outside the old firm, maybe outside the Edinburgh clubs in Aberdeen, who have you know genuinely really impressed. And you've got like Vaclav Kladke, uh and and players like that. Obviously, there's a, a, another goalkeeper that I'm sure are uh, about to discuss at some stage in here as well. Liam Kelly is another one uh, who has sort of stood out uh, from his time at, at Livingston before he went down south to, to QPR. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's that goalkeepers are getting worse. I think it's maybe that Scottish clubs uh, are signing worse goalkeepers. Yeah, because you <laughs> have Pereira, who's possibly like... Fucking hell, mate, come the, on. The Nadir, the Nadir of like goes all day and then you've got uh, Chapman who again used to sort of felt like he was jumping out the way of, of the ball and then obviously Doyle at, at Kilmarnock's have, having a really tough time of it just now and it is like and he can't just seem to even just gather a ball in a, in a normal way from any type of sort of strike so it's just like these sort of like inability if you're not a good shot stopper I just struggle how you know understand how you got to the to a, a to a, that profession I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. And, Ch- and Chapman uh, at Aki's is one of the one of the most ridiculous goalkeeping performances I think I've ever seen in my life. It was like a hologram. Um, I've, I've, and that's coming from a guy who had to watch Joe Pereira play week in, week out for a full season. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, but I think if, if you look at the top flight just now, there's some... There are some cracking goalkeepers in there because Jack Anik this season has been brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about Liam Kelly just now. Off your Marciano, you know what you're getting. Joe Lewis consistently has been a cracking goalkeeper. Xander Clark has some incredible moments, um, you know, sort of individually in football as well. And, you know, you kind of look towards the lower end, and yes, you've got your Ross Laidlaws and your, uh, you know, previously Aaron Chapman's and stuff like that. But I think there's, you know, there's still decent goalkeepers in Scotland, even in the. Even in the uh, the championship, Craig Gordon, Jamie McDonald's had a, a, a good season. Mark Ridgers has had a really good season as well. So you know, maybe you're maybe being a wee bit harsh by saying that, uh, that there's a lot of shit in uh, shit goalkeepers in Scotland. But I think there's been a lot more visible errors from goalkeepers at times uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah, no, no, that's that's probably it. maybe that there's been three or four goalies that I've never seen quite so bad, um, yeah. and that's sort of like clouded clouded my judgment on on everyone else. Because as I say, even though I was a, a Hibs fan and we had a, a catalogue of, of bad goalies, it was always just like errors. Some of them, like even Malkowski used to be able to make some good saves. Um, yeah. But he would just spill things. Uh, that would be his biggest problem. And Macalambe, it would be sort of erratic handling. But again, he would make some some decent saves. And Simon Brown, it would just be, well, he did actually just get out of the way of the ball once at Tynecastle. So, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of what I mean. These guys that were like people like Pereira getting who concede a goal every two shots just seemed um, like just unfair that you have got this profession. Um, yeah. You're not performing well enough to have this profession. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, but who you got for number four, Robert? Uh, for number four, so I, 
I was going to do the other goalkeeper here, but we, we've just we've just had a you know a wide discussion about goalkeepers, so I'll, I'll change it up, and I'm going to say Hibernian striker Kevin Nisbet. Oh, here we go. I think there are a few Hibs players uh, who have really stepped up in this last month. Hibs have Hibs have had a fantastic month, as you know, as as we all know. Um, but I think that Kevin Nisbet. The, the main reason I want to bring him in is because. After uh, the you know transfer request gate, uh, shall we call it? He he kind of not fell off a cliff, but he wasn't scoring as regularly. He wasn't really putting in as many great performances. He was dropped to the bench a wee bit as well. Um, but in the last month, he's really picked up and he's doing it at the right time for both club and country. And I think that you know what we're seeing the Kevin Nisbet that we saw towards the start of the season. He's he's putting chances away. But not only is he doing that, he's contributing to the team as well. Um, I, I think that such a, an underrated part of Kevin Nisbet's play is, you know, quite how deceptively strong he can be when he's on the ball. Uh, the way that he can drop deep, he can hold it up. He can bring guys like uh, Martin Boyle into the game. Uh, he can, you know, complement Christian Deutsch when they're on the pitch together as well. Um, and he's just he's putting in performances that are are really sort of firing him towards uh, a potential wildcard Scotland place. Uh, but also, you know, when Hibs are looking to confirm third place, uh, when they are looking to win a Scottish Cup, this is exactly the kind of form that you want your main striker to be in. And that's absolutely what Kevin Nisbet has made himself again for me as Hibernian's main striker, the, the talisman. And he's, he's really shown that in the last month. So Kevin Nisbet for me is, uh, is the man. Well, yeah, no, yeah, I, I love, I, I agree, Robert, because I was shocked um, at the start of the season when I realised some of the other elements of his games, things like that. So I really didn't have any idea. Like in the air, he's, he scored quite a few headers, and, um, and 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 not just like your obvious headers. I mean, quite some quite unusual ones that take a lot of technique. Um, he's done that a bit, and he scores all types of goals in the box, tap-ins, uh, as I said, headers. And I really like when he's on his when he's really on his game, which he has been in the last month. He's really good on the half turn, uh, and it allows Hibs to play at speed when they go forward. And this is as you're saying about that all round game, um, that the goal against um, uh, Motherwell that the Dodge scored. It's a nice little sort of like quite a long winded one two. He does I think with, with Paul McGinn, and he gets it turned. And he, and he gives him a really, really good pass that makes it get out his feet quicker. That means that Hibbs are able to do that whole move so much faster, which means Dodge is able to get the run on the defender and then the ball. And obviously McGinn puts in a good ball, but all those things are linked. If one of those things isn't done as fast, then um, the, the chance is really gone. That sort of smooth chance that allows Dodge to get like a really pure header on it. Um, but yeah, I've been always been shocked about how much Nisbet actually had to his game. I didn't, I must be honest, I don't watch a lot of lower league Scottish football, as I've said before, but uh, I, I didn't realise he was quite so good uh, at everything when when he was uh, sort of sharp and at his best. And it couldn't be better timing for him as an individual and for Hibs, like you said. And with McBurney now being confirmed as out, I think Nisbet's all, all but confirmed. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking with a slot at, at the Euros and if you can get on that bloody pitch and score against England, then we'll take five, six million, Robert, and that'll be money well spent. <laughs> that's the way to think about it, man. That, that's uh, it's, you know, I, I think you look at the guys like uh, Lauren Shanklin, Lee Griffiths, Ollie Burke, the other potentials that are going to come in for that that forward slot. And right now, 
right now I would take Kevin Nisbet because he's just hitting that form that we we saw at the start of the season. I mean, before he scored, uh, I mean, it was the you know the only game that Hibs uh, lost in the month against Rangers. Um, he'd scored two goals in his previous 17 appearances and now he's got three in his last four. So, you know, it, it just shows that he's, he's properly kicked back into gear. Um, and like you say, I, I think it's, you know, Kevin Isbitt is maybe one of those players that, you know, you will continue every time you see him to appreciate a new part of his game because we're kind of watching him improve at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming up, stepping up a level from from lower leagues and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's it. No, number four. Again, he's another one. Uh, I've got a very set in stone number one for player of the month here. But Kevin Nisbet, um, similar to Devante Cole, just absolutely deserving of a, of a shout. Yeah. And again, that goal against Rangers, like I said, that's it, that header again. So yeah. It's, it's just like, and it's not an easy header. It's a flashing header into the yeah. ground and at the roof of the net. And that thing, he's, he's, got, he's got a lot of strings to his bow, Kevin Nisbet. And I think um, he's one of those players that if he picks well his clubs and his coaches, um, he could really go on to have like a really decent career because he's got, he seems to be, he, he has a bit of everything uh, and that'll excite like maybe, okay, guy I'm really thinking about, maybe like Darren Jackson. Um, yeah. Robert. Um, you're, you, you, you're a huge Darren Jackson fan as well. I remember uh, that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As I said, growing up when I was that young, Hibs were absolutely garbage eh, for, yes. for, for, for many periods of it and Dan Jackson sort of just done everything he would get the ball wide cross it in for himself and run in and headed it in that's how I always felt and um, you know, just like with Nisbet again Dan Jackson was surprisingly good in the air people forget that that uh, Nisbet maybe has shades of, of Jackson I always think Jackson was one of those guys that maybe was a bit unlucky in his career he always seemed to turn up at clubs when they were shit and, uh, and be quite the talismanic figure for them um, that's, that's exactly what he did at half. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you, you might be onto something. And then obviously when he was at Celtic, it went wrong for him because he because he got his illness. Um, yeah. And that was sort of like maybe his, his, his goal to, that was going to be his moment to play for like a, a really, really good team. But yeah, that's Nisbet. He's just, he's just got a bit of everything. And um, if he picks the right coaches, yeah, definitely. I could see him achieving um, a lot more than most. Uh, man number four, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for J. Emmanuel Thomas, Robert. Nice. Um, good show. Because uh, when he first came out, I, I criticised him more than I've criticised anyone this season. That that a game, I think I mentioned this on our podcast. That game against Rangers at Ibrox is when when he first joined and they got beaten. He was up against Holanda. I actually found that a bit embarrassing. Of how how off the pace he was. I knew he'd had serious injury prob- problems before, and I knew I expected him to look slow, but I was still quite taken aback. Um, about that and I was really thinking like in Scottish football terms there's no hiding place for, for that type of thing you, you need to be you need to be fit you need to be quite all action you need to be into it in Scottish football that's the one thing that sort of demanded of you of you here and he really wasn't at it at all but in recent months with um, so sort of last month and maybe a bit before that with Scott Robinson sort of filtering away um, and sort of not signing a new contract and sort of Martindale Basically, banishing them from from the team is that right, Robert? So it seems yeah, to me. I mean that that's that's all possibly confirmed rumor, but yeah, that that seems to be the chat. Yeah, um, and Cole and and so J. Emmanuel Thomas has came in and he's improved dramatically, and you can see how much faster he's got. He's still like he's still a really big guy. He'll still never be like a really really sharp turner, but he's sort of learning to take. When I've been watching him, he takes an extra touch to bat, and he feels behind them a lot more. 
So it's like, again, this just that these are the things that we talk about. People talk about match fitness. I think it is these type of things that you're talking about. He feels behind him a lot more. So he gets himself the space because he needs a big, he needs a big circle to turn, really. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a tanker. But if he, if he gives ah, he's, himself he's, that... He's, he's, he's an absolute 18-wheeler, like, but uh, you're absolutely spot on. And like, what, one of my favourite things about Cole, uh, Emmanuel Thomas, is his touch. Like His first touch is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really good. And you saw that uh, in his, his first goal against Aberdeen. Uh, in the in the Scottish Cup was was just absolutely brilliant in that way. You know, taking the ball in, uh, running in on goal, and and obviously I, he scored a penalty in that game as well, which was really nicely put away. Um, but I think the key for me is, you could say it's match sharpness if you want, but just getting used to Scottish football and getting used to the defenders he's going to be playing against mm-hmm. um, is such a massive part of it. You know, you can tell that he now, <laughs> the look of him, it's almost like he is fully fully researched the defender he's coming up against because he, he can pick on weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did so well. And like the, the standard performance was that that game away at, at, at Pitodri. Um and, and coming up against uh, those guys and just dominating them, you know, getting past them, you know, not not through necessarily skill or pace, but just his touch. Uh, mm-hmm. And just, you know, being able to being able to turn them and, and, and get through on goal. And, and, you know, obviously because of the physique uh, of the man is an absolute Hulk. He he naturally can hold the ball up, bring others into play as well. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot more to his game than just being this big guy. Uh, and I think that, you know, we've seen it with, uh, you know, myself. I've seen it with the likes of Uchi, for example. There was more to his game than just, you know, pinning, pinning guys down and trying to turn them. Um, but I think that, you know, guys who are built like that and guys who play football like that, can use that to their advantage. You know, they're underestimated a lot of the time uh, and they can they can really use that to to sort of, to further their game and, and, and help the team even more. So, and it should, yeah. And, yeah, and it should, and in theory, when you look at Livingston's squad and team, a guy like Jet is, is the focal point centre forward should work pretty well. Um, they're not, as I said, I don't buy into Livingston being agricultural, but they do go direct and they play their football in the last third. They're, I've said this numerous times. They they play. It's not that they're they're horrible to watch, just that they get the ball forward quickly. And then once they're in there, they can be quite intricate in there because um, they've got lo- quite a lot of talented attacking midfielders who all they, 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 they share different attributes, um, like Pittman and Forrest and, and guys like that. Um, and we're getting them close and sibled and all that. These guys are like, all they're all pretty quick. They're all pretty all action. And if you can get them in and around them, you could imagine that'll work a treat. And um, with Robinson going, I could probably see that. Uh, now I think that, that Jet might be the sort of main man as a, as a striker at Livingston next season, really. Absolutely. And he's still he's still only 30. You forget mm. that. Uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas is a name that's been around for years. But he only turned 30 uh, just at the turn of the year there. You know, he's, he's got a lot left in his tank. He's kind of, you know, for a, a striker, should be hitting his peak just now as well. So, um, yeah, good player. Right. What you got for me, Rob? Number three. 120th minute. Ibrox, the big seven-foot-tall, luminous man in the six-yard box is Xander Clark. Um, and this is purely for that moment that I'm just, you know, talking about just now, um, Sander Clark, man, he's, he's had the moment of the month and he's been, you know, of all the football that has been played in Scotland in the month of April, Xander Clark, it's going to be his face planted on the uh, the April page of the calendar next year 
um, because he's absolutely made it his own. Uh, you know, having a, a moment like that as, you know, Sander Clark has, has always been known as a character uh, anyway. I think, you know, the, the way that he conducts himself on the football pitch, uh, the way that he conducts himself sometimes on social media and stuff like that, he's clearly, you know, he's, he's up for a laugh. He's, he's, you know, he puts himself out there and him having this moment for St. Johnston at Ibrox against the rampant favourites for, for the Cup. Um, I'm still wanting to give him the goal. I don't want to call it an assist. Uh, I was just downright refused to give that goal to Chris Kane. Um, but having that moment and then obviously being the hero in the penalty shootout as well for a St. Johnston team that under Callum Davidson has just surpassed so many expectations. It's become, you know, they've become Rafa Benitez as Liverpool in cup competition. They just look unbeatable. And yeah, he's he's been such a, a major part of that, you know, from the League Cup campaign to the Scottish Cup campaign. And then obviously we're talking about the month of April. So we have to we have to put him in the conversation for player of the month purely for that one moment where he leapt uh, unattended in the six yard <laughs> box, uh, much to the, the Rangers defenders anger. Um, aye, big, big Zander, man. No, I, I totally agree. I, I don't have a problem sometimes with one-off games putting people in the in these types of conversations because um the fact for Xander Clark it's it was everything and like you said it, it was it's the it's the moment of the month he had the he had probably the, the best performance of any player in the league um in that game uh, in the month of April because even during the match he made he made some some really good saves as well. I mean especially the one for Morelos where he was trying to header it back across goal and, and he and he used his leg and he sort of epitomizes it was like um, it's like just it was like the last player, the, the only player at St Johnston that's not really um, sort of enhanced his reputation uh, this season, uh, yeah. and obviously all the other all the other players at St Johnston have always been the fans love to say they're underestimated, they get quite bitter about it, and I get it. They're they're they're, they're a small club and they feel like they're um, they're they're not given the credit they're due, and their players don't get the international recognition or whatever, but. Um, and I mean, they even they love to have a go at us um, with, with Xander Clark specifically not making the the, the top twelve goalkeepers and in, in true St Johnston fashion, like they would like to tell us, um, he, he shoves up the the media uh, and and guys like us straight away uh, and does has the possibly the moment of, of of the entire season. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I, I'd like to. Um place it on record for the St. Johnston fans that for some reason still listen to this podcast that um, I, I absolutely adore the St. Johnston team um, you know that there's household names within that team that I've learned or, or come to really enjoy this season like guys like Liam Craig I never thought for a, you know in my entire life that I would enjoy the footballing stylings of Liam Craig but the, the way that he's grown into his sort of experienced role in that team this season Sean Rooney obviously we, we've spoken about him uh, essentially non-stop even mm-hmm. you know, Chris Kane uh, a, a whipping boy of this podcast for, for many many years um, has stepped up this season then you've got like David Watherspoon Scott Tanzer Jason Kerr and it's guys like Xander Clark and all those guys aforementioned that make this St. Johnson team just you know just like you kind of root for them mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It's, yeah it's, they're wholly you know, likeable it's a, it's a likeable are. group of yeah, guys but, they're, they're likable, but they've got a really decent amount of bite in there as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they've got these guys like Rooney and uh, and Clark are the two that sort of stand out as being like the sort of uh, the boisterous characters within there. And that's what I, it's absolutely what you need in, in any team. And, and, you know, this St. Johnson team, 
are on the cusp of really becoming a cult Scottish football team. You know, they they could conceivably win the domestic cup double, which is insane. Mm-hmm. It's mad, and you know, it's the fact that it's come from you know Callum Davidson and his uh, and his rookie years as a, as a manager as well, and just what he's been able to what he's been able to mould at St Johnston and been able to do is just in- incredible. So for all you St Johnston fans listening, you've you've got a big fan in me. Um, but no, Xander Clark, for you know, I, I think. You need to have these moments in football that, that you'll remember for a long, long, long time. Uh, and it just so happened that Xander Clark's moment happened in April 2021. And that is the month that we are talking about just now. But I can't, I can't say, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of St. Johnson. I mean, we've got Joel's a big guy, Melamed fan, obviously, as he, as he, as he done on the, on the TV show. And uh, I thought, how, how do I... How could I forget about Guy Hard? Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, Alan Temple, who done this this top five podcast with me uh, last month, he he we had Liam Craig on it, and he was waxing lyrical just about um, sort of Liam Craig's battle back from from Hibs and how Liam Craig sort of like the great person to have in your squad when when he was at Hibs, for example, and it was going quite shit a lot of the time. It was always Craig that would put come out and to use the Joe Hart terms um, front up to the media and. All that shite, uh, but it was actually important because everyone else did hiding, and he's still doing it now. And now he's getting he's getting his reward, and he's looked after himself so much. So, yeah, just it's it's unreal. So many so collective stories for St Johnston, and then when you start looking at individuals, they all have their own little story to go along with it. Um, so yeah, unbelievable stuff, and uh, they are likable, but hopefully they don't put the cherry on top and win that cup. Um, right. <laughs> Number three for me, I'm going quite boring now, I would say, after that one, because I think it's a guy that no one can really argue with. And he's probably probably up there for one of the one of the players of the year. And getting back get talking of someone getting better with age, like Liam Craig is Stephen Davis of of Rangers, who picked up a couple of assists this season. Granted, one of them was just rolling the ball to, to Ryan Kent as he curled it into Hibbs' net from about 35 yards um, and scored an overhead kick against Celtic. And that was one of the main reasons. He's, his energy is is unbelievable, uh, as I'm sure you've noticed, Robert. It's just, he doesn't seem 36 whatsoever, does he? It's the way that he conditions and, and looks after himself. You know, it's... It's getting more and more common nowadays that that you know guys can can really properly look after their bodies and, and play to a, a much older age. Uh, you know his uh, compatriot Aaron Hughes is one that comes to mind. Obviously, uh, played until he was forty. But Stephen Davis is just you know uh, every uh, the thing for me is whenever you hear uh, a Stephen Gerrard or a Michael Beale or uh, a Scott Arfield or, or someone talking about Stephen Davis, it's always in the most glowing way possible. Mm. Gets his head down, does his job, keeps himself absolutely at the peak of his physical ability, and then goes out and and he's always had that that football and ability, and you know he's he's beginning to or well continuing to showcase that now. Um, the fact that a, a thirty six year old man could score an overhead kick and not snap in two just absolutely uh, astounds me. Um, but his his energy across that, that midfield, I think you know. I don't think you can really look at any player at Rangers this season and say that there will be an unsung hero. I think every one of them will get the deserved hero's recognition. Uh, however, Stephen Davis maybe slightly ticks that box because you've got guys in there, Glenn Kamara, uh, Joe Aribo, you know, all, all these guys that, that play through the middle for Rangers more often than not, uh, Scott Arfield even. And Stephen Davis is just like, ah, 
you know, is that is that good? He's essentially earned the the, the term ah, it's Stephen Davis. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. You know, that that's expected of him because he's been doing it for literally you know decades now. <laughs> he's yeah. been playing at that level, and yeah, I, I think he's still just a he's still just a joy to watch uh, on the football park. And you know, you say that that wee six yard roll to uh, Ryan Kent to then spank one in from thirty five. They all count, mate. Absolutely, all right? they all count. You got. <laughs> Two assists in that month, and you cannot take that away from him. So, uh, yeah, you, you've you've found a, a Stephen Davis fan here. But then I've I've been a fan of Stephen Davis for as long as I can remember. To be honest, yeah. he's just a cracking player. I used to think um, I think I'd done one with, with Fowler months back. And I just said, "Oh, you know what you're going to get from Stephen Davis," and I thought it was a really poignant point that that Fowler actually was like, "No, I, I think that's unfair. He's he's become sort of much more. He maybe previously when he was down south, he." It's happened sometimes. They, they take these roles that are a bit more reserved um, when, when they're playing at, at that level. Unfairly, maybe, because he, he does have more than enough talent. But in this Rangers team, he, he, he's like the focal point almost in that set of the park. And he passes forward, which I'm a huge fan of. Anyone who plays deep um, is, is, is they punch the ball forward. He's always got his passes. And he's just everywhere. And he's got that good drop of the shoulder. Um, so he can take a man out when he when he's running forward. Uh, he can play those sort of one twos where he can like totally just run the entire game. Then there as a thirty six year old, but not in that way where it just sits in the sits deep and sprays passes. He's 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 absolutely everywhere still. And now he's the highest. I think what's the highest capped footballer in, in international footballer in British history? Is that I think I'm sure. Uh, highest highest capped highest capped outfield player. Okay, yeah, it was something like that. It was something like that. Probably should have checked. Um, but uh, yeah, and that just and it, and I don't see him. I don't see him. It doesn't look like he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. I can picture him still playing for Rangers for at least another two seasons because there's, there's no. If you think how many times you thought Scott Brown was on his way down, you know what I mean. These moments we've not even had Stephen Davis first ever um, sort of um, moment where you think maybe his legs have gone. So I'd expect another two years. Absolutely, and uh, to to confirm, he is uh, the most capped British footballer of all time. Great, that's one hundred and twenty six. And he's more still counting, isn't it? He's still he's still there. Um, oh, aye, he's still he's still going. Yeah, and that's uh, that's well, that's one of those achievements he probably don't uh, he won't bother about really till he finishes playing. And then when you look back at that, that'll be a that's a cool thing to be able to say. Uh, oh, in the pub. 100%. But you know, 126 caps, only 12 goals. Was it worth it? <laughs> right. What you got next for me, Rob? Are we on to number two now? We yeah. are on to number two. Aye. He is electric, and I wish he was fully Scottish. Uh, I've gone for Martin Boyle. Martin Bloody Boyle. Martin Buddy Boyle has, uh, he's, he's gone on to the boil again, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, he's, just in the last few weeks, the last few games, as like Martin Boyle is, is back, baby. Um, he's completely running the show down the wings. He's scoring goals. Uh, he's setting up goals. He is terrorising uh, whichever and, and whatever defence he's coming up against. Uh, he's been accused of diving all the time, but some things never change. And he's just... Uh, he's just such a exciting player when he when he hits a run of form like this and I know that obviously he has been kind of blighted by injuries a wee bit in the past he can sometimes slightly go off the boil but you know it's 
it's when he hits form like this is, is you know, there, there's rarely a, a more exciting player to watch in Scotland. And I say that as a Hearts fan. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of cases to be claimed that he is the best player outside the old firm when he's on his day. Uh, and more recently, he, he has been on his days, you know, five goals in the month. Uh, sorry, four goals in the month. Uh, obviously, three of them came against Queen of the South and Stranraer, but you can only beat who's in front of you. Uh, and he scored uh, the winner against Livingston as well as setting up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Martin Boyle, you can tell, like, I, I'm not happy about this. I, I wish I wish I was speaking in more gushing terms, Tony, but I, I just uh, I just can't because every time I talk about Martin Boyle like this, it, it, it's, it's, it annoys me that Hearts never signed him and it annoys me that... Uh, that he chose Australia over Scotland because I think he'd fit perfectly into the Scotland setup. Yeah, because the Scotland setup's not a million miles away from from what we're, what Hibs are using. Um, and maybe it's a bit more. It's probably not as fluid as Hibs due to the fact that we're um, we're not one of the better teams at international level like Hibs are one of the better teams in Scotland. But I would certainly think we give our teams a lot to think about for Scotland if if it was him playing on that in that in that right hand side uh, wing back role. Uh, and we had Boyle and Robertson going uh, down down the left flank, uh, the right and left flank. But he's something I really noticed about Boyle is uh, I said I was saying on this podcast last week that I, I I've went out and said it. He is the best player outside the old farm. I, I wouldn't swap him with anyone. I do that when I look with my eye or whether I look at the stats. It's fifteen goals and eleven assists this season uh, for Boyle. Granted, he's, he's on the penalties, but he's like every season there's something added to his game. Like this season, he started taking the corners. And they've been pretty good. And, he, and he's taken three kicks and he wasn't doing that before. And whether Hibs play him right wing back, right wing or centre forward, which he had a really good period um, playing up front when Nisbet was off the boil and he scored quite a lot of goals. And Hibs are obviously have that tactical element that when we're winning, they can move Boyle central and sort of play him on the on the shoulder the last defender. But he's just, he's there's nothing he can't do. No, and he's even added, as you're saying, the diving, which for me is just great. Uh, a, a continental feel to, to, yeah. to Martin Boyle now and, and and a bit of gamesmanship. And I love I love the variety of his crosses, considering how how he used to be quite shit. And now he's uh, his first touch is like exceptional and he doesn't do it's hard to play against because sometimes he goes inside and he wants to do that dragged shot that he likes from the right hand side at the bottom corner or to flick a pass through. Uh, in between the defenders, or he'll go to the byline, or sometimes he just crosses early. He's like yeah. a nightmare to, to play against. And there was one, and I think it was in the, the Motherwell game that uh, Jackson Irvin missed. And it was, he went to the he went to the byline, he thought he was going to flash it across, but he chipped it backwards to sort of more like the penalty spot, and it was right on Irvin's chest, and, and he mucked up the finish. But just another example is like that brain's ticking over. It's not just a quick winger bombing down the right, getting to the byline. There's so he's so much variety to him that he just becomes impossible to play against. And the reason Hibs have had such a good month, like you say, Robert, is the identity Hibs are able to get when boils at this is Hibs are able to strangle teams now. So before Hibs were sort of playing in a more counter-attacking way, I always felt, which wasn't always great to watch because teams would set off Hibs because Hibs had better players. So uh, Hibs would have to take on the grip of the game. So it sometimes meant for quite boring matches but in the recent times last few this month Hibs have just dominated the matches from pretty much start to finish uh, and Boyle's been a big part of that because teams are just have to sit off 
Uh, and then obviously we've got the, the variety of Dodge and this bit of, of their, obviously those, their attributes sort of link well together. And yeah, he's just, he's absolutely superb and just becoming more and more like the most valuable player, even though Hibs are a team with quite a lot of good players. And Rob, I'm going to guess that you've got number one, which is my number two, is Kyle Lafferty. You are absolutely bang on the money, Anthony Anderson. Uh, yeah, it's got to be Kyle Lafferty. I mean, it, it has to be. This is a man who is um, single-handedly dragging Kilmarnock from the quagmire of relegation potential um, to potential safety. Um, and, you know, having said that, he, he only played four games uh, in April, but scored seven goals, uh, including two hat-tricks, one against Stenhouse Muir and then another against uh, Dundee United in their big win at Rugby Park. And he's just, he's come in and, you know, Kyle Lafferty has had a very nomadic career. He's gone to some places and scored for fun. He's gone to others and basically not scored. Um, he's obviously had a lot said about him in, in various different nations uh, as well <laughs> as football clubs. Um, but he has gone to Kilmarnock and just fit in absolutely brilliantly. Uh, he's exactly what they needed. You know, a proper talisman, a real leader on the park as well, you know, in, in many ways, you know, lead by example, dragging them up the pitch, you know, putting in that extra wee yard of effort, scoring goals, um, but also just improving Kilmarnock as a, as a football team. You know, Kyle Lafferty, there's one thing that you could level at him is he's maybe... He's maybe a wee bit greedy sometimes. He's, he's maybe not the best link-up striker. Uh, but since he's gone into Kilmarnock, he he has improved on that part of the game. You know, he's, he's become a team player at the same time as essentially just scoring all of their goals. <laughs> um, so I, I think that, you know, he, you look at you look at the situation that Tommy Wright had Kilmarnock in, uh, you know, even in March was looking uh, pretty dangerous. And since then, you know, Kyle Lafferty has just absolutely turned it on uh, and and turn them round. You know that the hat trick that he scored against Dundee United, absolutely perfect example of that. Um, you know he's he maybe got a, a wee bit of fortune with one of the goals, but otherwise, you know, a, a penalty really well taken. Um, and he's just he's just changed an entire football club and their fortunes since coming in, in my opinion. Uh, and he's uh, you know if and when I think Kilmarnock do sort of drag themselves to, to premiership safety. You can kind of look at Kyle Lafferty and say, yeah, kind of there is there is the reason why. And that cannot be underestimated. Um, no, and the goals, man. Definitely. He definitely, man. I mean, talking about like, he's the signing of the season. There's, 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 there's no two ways about it. He's, he's, so like, it's, it's quite interesting. I was thinking like the, I was saying this when I'd done this with Alan Temple last year. I was like, January business is really quite good. Um, this one, like obviously Bruce Anderson had a pretty big impact at, at Hamilton. Kelly's had a really big impact at Motherwell. Um, Kilmar- and Kilmarnock, you've obviously got uh, uh, Kyle Lafferty and maybe on a lesser extent, Jordan White at, at Ross County. Um, yeah. Every every sort of team in the relegation um, quagmire, as you put it, was um, it's, it's sort of signed someone that it's really improved their, their fortunes and uh, but Lafferty is definitely the, the top one of that list and it's incredible the start that I can't remember it but Alan said last about the goals that he scored if you look at the first half of the season and the second half of a season over his career 
It's like night and day. So he clearly yeah. enjoys the business end of the season. Uh, and he likes that. He's a, he's a guy that wants the limelight. And that can be really important. And you talked about him being too greedy. A team like Kilmarnock, they had such a, a, a bunch of team players and most of their squad looked really quite good. You know, like, right, that's a good, good bet. It was really lacking um, someone to connect the, the sort of midfield with the strike force and someone to score those goals. And it's really suited him to go into a team that was lacking that because he suits that down at the ground and he's put the fear of God into goalkeepers because even some of like, so he's, the goalies have made about three horrendous errors from his shots as well. But it's just because he always hits shots. So you're going to get that going for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's, you know, and I think um, even with his, his time back at Rangers and, and stuff like that, he wasn't just, he just wasn't hitting the heights because he wasn't the main man. But at Hearts, he was the main man. At Kilmarnock, he is now the main man. And that's what he has to be uh, to, to thrive at a football club. And, you know, he's, he's been made that Achille and he's just absolutely flying with it. So, uh, yes, my my player of the month is uh, Mr. Kyle Joseph George Lafferty. <laughs> and uh, surely Kilmarnock, if they keep up, would have to sign him. And I think a smart move for him would be just to stay when it's going that well. He's obviously got a manager that, that knows him and, and likes him and understands him. And, but I don't want to make too much of like having a fellow countryman as your manager, but I'm sure it can help sometimes. Oh, um, definitely. Uh, and um, so I just think someone like Kyle Lafferty, why not just enjoy the end of your career? You've had that nomadic time. You've had a topsy-turvy time, but Scottish football has always been pretty good to Kyle Lafferty in terms of his successes and goals. And um, oh, it's good fun for all of us because Kyle Lafferty, love him or hate him, at least there's at least there's something to um he, he ignites uh he ignites thought and he ignites our um feelings. So I, yeah, emotions, and that's kind of who we want. If it's him doing a robot and opening a can of beer and pretending mm-hmm. to drink it on the pitch, fine. Let him go now. If he's doing his little salutes, let him crack on with it. And if he wants to do other things off the pitch that we hear about, great. So crack great. on. Crack on Kyle Lafferty, and I'm fine. I'll, I'll swap with you. You know what? I'll do it. You, Kyle, Kyle Lafferty, we can have as number one when the it's a definitive list. Yeah, like. there, um, there, there we go, Um, because uh, is there anyone else that you thought of? Is anybody else that you were you were thinking? I know it's it's a tough one. Five players is pretty hard in itself. Um, not really. To be honest, like you know, Stephen Davis was one uh, mm-hmm. that I was I was strongly considering uh, putting in there. Obviously, you've already checked that box. Um, if you were to look at, at sheer numbers, uh, Mohamed Dil Yunusi at Celtic had a, a decent month in April um, in the league, anyway. Um, so you know, if if you did just want to be uh, looking at the stats, then he would be man, like a manual four goal contributions, two assists, two goals. Um, but otherwise, I, I think you know, for me. It was Kyle Lafferty and four others. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I was looking at it. Martin Boyle. You know, a, a standout in second, um, but I, I think that Lafferty's got to be got to be the guy, doesn't he? Yeah, and Christian Dodge has had a pretty good month for for Hibs um, after yes. sort of like a really sort of like barren spell in front of goal. He's really quality as we as we know with Dodge and another thing that's been really helpful for Hibs and gives me a bit of confidence going into these. Um, sort of this race for third, even though third doesn't matter now that Rangers are out the, out the cup uh, and, the, and the cup's the be-all and end-all in terms of the, the European aspirations for teams. Um, 
but Deutsch like coming into form and that because we know how streaky he is, such quite incredible as streaky he is, but him on the streak now could be um sort of really good for, for Hibs. I thought Gogic coming again from Hibs has had a really good month. His last two games have been two of the best he's had. Uh at Hibs against Livingston and against Motherwell. He's been absolutely everywhere. And he's starting to take more responsibility with the ball in forward positions. He's Hibs, I can see Jack Ross is clearly trying to make him a better player because if he wants to be at Hibs long term, I think that was something he was going to have to add because Hibs have sort of more possession of the ball than he'd be used to. And maybe finally, Ali McCann, Roberts, had a, I thought had a decent month and that, that his performance at Ibrox was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love Ali McCann. Uh, cracking player, obviously, there's a chat around where he's going to end up as well. I think he, he's playing that well that he's uh, attracting an interest again towards the the business end uh, of the the season, but you know, Alan McCann is, is a known quantity has been for a, a couple of years as a as an outstanding young player. Um, just on Doidge as well, I, I, I was just looking at his um, his Scottish Cup record: eight, yeah. goals, eight goals in his last eight Scottish Cup games. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'd be I'd be quite like it if Hibs won the cup and Doidge sort of like got ten and ten because Doidge is is. I think everyone accepts that he's a must-have in the Hibs team, but and he and he's popular for like a numerous different reasons. But he is a bit; he's not everyone's cup of tea, and he's sort of like really hard working. And his technical ability is questioned at times, which I think is fair enough because it's not always on point. But I would like it if Hibs won the cup, and you look back and sort of Christian Doidge was a striker who sort of like fired Hibs to to Scottish yeah. Cup glory. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Christ, I mean, form would dictate that he uh, he should be that guy. Yeah, and as I said, he's, he, he comes across a wholly likeable man, Christian Deutsch. Um, so, uh, and and hip strikers haven't always been wholly likeable. Yes. <laughs> yes. absolutely fair. He does. He seems like an absolute sweetheart. Does Christian yeah. Deutsch? Yeah. Um, but I think we'll leave it. I'll leave it there, Robert. Thanks very much for for joining us. Um, oh, no, no worries at all, man. I, I very much enjoyed that. That was my first Player of the Month podcast. Uh, very much enjoyed that. They're good, they're good fun. We normally do them on, the, they normally end up going on the Patreon because they're, they're quite good Patreon content for, for researching and stuff. And they're good for just two people to do. But um, uh, we thought we'd put it out on the main feed today. So we hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. Uh, and thank you for continuing to support the podcast. And we are going to go over to Patreon just now to talk about some of the off-field matters in the lower leagues as we had sort of like two rather big announcements um, today, uh, Robert, as you'll know. Um, So we're going to go over there and thanks once again and we'll see you all soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.